My name is Elisa Farr, and I am your hostess for this podcast. I'm a mama, a wife, bonus mom, friend, sister, daughter, a baker and a homemaker, a frequency artist and translator, a mystic, a wannabe artist, an occasional rebel, and always a curious explorer. I love the mundane, the mystical, and everything that is in between. So welcome to the Wide Range Podcast. Okay. Welcome to the Wide Range Podcast. I am Elisa, and I... As always, I'm very excited to share with you the lovely guest that I am privileged to have in my space. And today I actually have somebody in my actual space instead of doing these um, over Zoom. And so um, with me is my beautiful, dear friend and soul sister, Michaela Saunders, who is such a brilliant, bright soul and um, one of the most intuitive connected souls that I think anybody could encounter. And so please welcome Michaela. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, there's supposed to be a live audience here clapping. Yay. Um, welcome, Michaela. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here as always oh. is in your presence. Um, I'm super excited. So um, to introduce Michaela, um, Michaela does a lot of really interesting things. She does uh, uh, intuitive, intuitive, uh, intuitive. Is is a <laughs> it's a word blend that we're using today. Um, I was going to say intuitive massage and healing, as well as uh, tarot and tea leaf readings. And I find tea leaf reading one of the most intriguing things because you've read my tea leaves before and I have watched you do like speed rounds of tea leaf, <laughs> tea leaf reading in groups and you always fucking nail it. And I look in a teacup and I'm like, huh. <laughs> and yet somehow you make sense of it. So, um, Michaela does a lot of other things too. She does intuitive readings. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit about a program that she has coming up, but we'll let her share about that later as we chat. Um, and Michaela has also had some really uh, incredible life experiences that have um, connected her to um, whether you want to call creator, source, spirit, um, fill in your blank. But uh, yeah, so we're just going to sit here like a couple of girlfriends and have our tea and coffee <laughs> and chat. And you guys get to sort of be um, the fly on the wall, so to speak. So, um, yeah. So first, I guess maybe where we could start is talking about how your intuition, how you started to feel into your intuition. Like what, what was, what was that like? So there's been some experiences that you've had through your lifetime that have connected and I'm not sharing anything that you haven't kind of yeah. put out on, you know, social media and stuff. So do we want to start there? <laughs> That's probably a good starting point. And I mean, I'm a pretty open book. <laughs> You're welcome to she, share away. Um, well, so share, 
I guess maybe the, what is your first recollection of connecting with, and I don't, not yeah, sure what so your word is like creator I, spirit. I see it as like spirit personally, okay. but again, like the word is so interchangeable. Yeah. You will um, hear our cat in the background. Sorry. Yeah. She's meowing to try. She just had surgery. So she's locked away and she's angry. So <laughs> she is beautiful though. So she can meow away. It's just bringing in all the cat energy. Yeah. Which is also beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Lots of cat energy in the house. Okay. Sorry. Go. So, yeah, so it started when I, when I was a child, to be fair, that was when I started my conversation with spirit. When, as I've told you this story before, but when I was born, I was born with a health condition that, uh, that made it so the doctors expected me not to make it to my first birthday. And I surpassed that point and went through a lot with the medical system during the first few years of my life, to say the least. And mm -hmm. then when I was three, I was thrown from a vehicle and my head was split open and I was in a major coma and I wasn't supposed to make it out of that a second time around. And wow. luckily I have an incredible mama who mm -hmm. really stood up for me and went against the odds. Otherwise I can say for a fact, I wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Carrie Saunders. Yeah, she's the best. She's the match. Yeah, she's the magic lady. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, she yeah. really showed up in an extraordinary way. Amazing. And so since a very young age, like as long as I can remember, I would sit on the edge of my bed and just stare at the wall and mm. try to connect to spirit and really just play with that being a vessel and what that looks like. I have been guided throughout the first like 16 years of my life were really just packed full of interesting <laughs> moments. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, it wasn't until I really grounded into my body and called it my home and started that conversation with it being a sacred place and what feels good for it and really took my health back into my own hands that I, was able to really embrace my intuitive gifts. That's amazing. <laughs> and I, you know, I actually think about the way that you, you share that and that like grounding back into your body. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, you know, for a lot of us, that's where things, well, we talk about the word embodiment, right? So exactly. yeah, we can spend a lot of time in that seeking or that um, looking for something and being outside of ourselves, right? Exactly. And then it's sort of when we start to come back into these practices of, you know, more, more embodiment, like more grounded in our bodies, more connected to nature, more um, in the temple, right? Mm -hmm. That we begin to flourish in ways that... I, I feel like are more beneficial to our entire beingness, our entire soul than this disconnect that we can, that we can create when we are seeking outside all of the time. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And like when I was younger, I would constantly be seeking that I would like try and go and see psychics and healers. And they always would have a difficult time reading me and mm. I can't tell you how many times I was told, like, I can't read you because you have to read yourself. 
and oh, that's very actually quite frustrating mm-hmm. to be honest yeah well it's just, well <laughs> at is that it, age, yeah i was like i don't get it and this is stupid yeah but honestly that in some ways too that's a, a great thing for them to direct you back to yourself for sure right? yes and being like i can't to be honest instead of spewing a bunch of bullshit that's also right? very true yeah being like um, no i yeah you know i see purple <laughs> There's a purple orb around you when, you know, you're like, no. Um, so at 16, so what was it that brought you back into your body? Like, what was there, a, where's there a moment in your life where you were finally like, I need to really connect back into my body and really develop a relationship with myself, um, yeah. like a turning point there that you can remember specifically or remember from like the age of like 14 to 16 I like really amped up my conversation with spirit and like to another level of like trying to figure out a way to empower myself Mm. um I remember like going to Hawaii with my brother and that being a pretty pivotal point and wild trip to be fair Mm. Um, he has a beautiful way of pushing my buttons and all of them. <laughs> As siblings do. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that, that started, um, I guess it started things to really amplify. Mm-hmm. Um, I started having more experiences around that age as well of like seeing, uh, seeing spirits and all sorts of things along those lines. But it was actually when I was pregnant that I really got grounded in my body and I really, yeah, was like pushed into that space to another level mm-hmm. as you would be being pregnant. Yeah. And then at that point, my intuition just like amplified to a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> which was pretty yeah. amazing to be fair. Well, you know, and pregnancy does have a way of helping us to connect back to our yeah. body if, if we're willing to listen, right. When sure. we're, um, you know, in pregnancy, when, you know, you're at doctor's visits or whatever, and maybe things are suggested and you're like, mm, that doesn't feel right. And yeah. somehow your intuition, I mean, we can talk about this too, but my joke always is your intuition is always right. Whether you're listening to it or you're not, yeah, it's always directing you down the right path. Right. hundred percent, which is back towards it. Yeah, <laughs> um, so Sorry. The, I just, I giggle because I, I actually, was just teaching a class in a high school yesterday and I was talking a little bit about intuition and I'm like, whether you have that little, like that little hit of a voice that says, don't do it. And, and then you don't listen to it and you go ahead and you do it anyway. And then you in hindsight are like, should have listened to myself, (laughs) right? That is your intuition turning you back towards it or the intuitive hit or the whisper, or sometimes it's a, it's a little bit louder than that, but when it's like, there's a really hard no, or a really, you know, amped up. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you follow through and then you have that gratitude that, Oh, I'm so glad I listened to what, you know, I was sensing at that, at that point. So, um, because I even feel like that happens when people go for readings, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Is that when people are like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. I see that being such an opportunity as well. And yeah. I mean, I think when I started offering readings, it was so incredibly important to me because I've had so many experiences mm-hmm. that it is an empowering place yeah, and a space where you feel held and seen. And that is something that I tell like 90% of people that sit at my table is if this doesn't resonate with you, please don't take it. 
mm-hmm. like don't give me that power to overpower what you feel and it's it's it is an important conversation to have especially like in a society where we seek so much mm-hmm. outside of ourselves yeah yeah and it's and it's true right i i think i've probably said it on this podcast a few times I know I've said it in conversation with many people before, but if you're going to see someone, because sometimes we do have those experiences where like, I'm too close to the situation to have clarity, right? For sure. I, I have those on. Right? And that, and that's the thing, like people are like, oh, you're highly intuitive or, you know, sometimes people call themselves psychics or seers or whatever it might be. And they're like, well, why can't you, why can't you see it? Or mm-hmm. they, they kind of want to shove it back on you. But at the same time, people have to remember we we're all here as, you know, these, you know, beings in this body of meat and whatever. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in the experience of being here and we have emotions and feelings and thoughts that run rampant. And, um, and we can get very much in our own way, even if we have, really strong intuition. It can be, um, it can be very difficult to see a situation clearly or, you know, an event or whatever clearly. So, um, so when other intuitive people go to other intuitive people, that's why, because it's like, I'm too close to the situation. And also when we are in those places, as you were saying, like, if it doesn't, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't resonate, then don't take it. And I feel like that's so important because it it really redirects people back to the path to themselves. What is exactly what is what are you feeling? What if it doesn't resonate? Right? We talk about resonance is like a harmony, mm-hmm. and so if it doesn't feel harmonious with your being, then explore that. Yeah. Right. If a message is coming through, it might be purposefully being shared with you in the quote unquote wrong way. Mm-hmm. So that it directs you back to what to you, yourself. yeah. So I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> to be fair. So, um, you know, for anybody out there who doesn't believe in readings because, oh, they've never given me information that, um, whether you're going for a psychic reading, a tarot reading, a tea leaf reading, a Akashic reading, doesn't matter. There's, there's all kinds of avenues. Um, I'm just going to, you know, slide this in as a side note. Um, it just because it, you feel like it hasn't quote unquote worked for you doesn't mean it's not working for you. Yeah, exactly. If it's, if it's redirecting you to evaluate what feels good and right and true in your own life and in your body. Yeah. And I, I like firmly believe to probably an unhealthy extent that (laughs) the universe is 1000% always at play and always showing us what we need to see. Mm. It's just a matter of like listening and following that and trust trust is a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing and sometimes really difficult right (laughs) so what how did you learn to trust your intuition so strongly I see that more so as like circumstantially I was put into that place again like speaking to my entire (laughs) experience Mm -hmm. trust is something that's always been at play like medically on multiple counts I'm not supposed to be here my family has gone through a substantial amount that you know you can't deny there being something bigger at play the entire way through it's been woven into my lifetime right so I naturally am instilled with an unhealthy 
amount of trust. It's no, it's not. But also to be like, what I think is really beautiful is the family that you come from. So you come from a big family. Yes. Um, and a family that is all, I mean, I don't think that there's anyone in your family that isn't highly intuitive. And that's probably, uh, you know, in large part for a lot of the experiences that you have had. Yeah. But I love the, the if, if you ever have a chance to hang out with the Saunders, they are. <laughs> They We're are a wild bunch. They're they are incredible, um, an incredibly close family, and supportive of one another, and and not in like a comfortable way necessarily. Like everything that's coming out of your mouth, I agree with. Oh, right, yeah. there right. is a lot of like, well, what about this or what about that, and perspectives. But ultimately, they're a family who is you know. Um, supportive and Mm -hmm. if you're feeling this and you're really really feeling it then you know we there's sort of that collective trust as well yeah Um, that's very true and you and you're led by you know I mean Carrie's like the matriarch right and she is has really instilled I feel from an outsider's perspective um she's really instilled that self-trust for yeah, you guys she has, for yeah sure. because she so strongly trusts her own and she's fought for her own instinct right yeah her own mama's intuition and her like mama's intuition is another level <laughs> to be fair yeah that's like a whole other podcast we can have yeah. stories on Carrie and her intuition and how that has weaved this into, into lives because she's uh she's out of this world she really <laughs> is it's so true yeah yeah she's a good lady um so you you had your beautiful baby yeah. and and did things did things settle down for you at that point or did they just continue to accelerate um I mean life continued to accelerate yeah well as it does <laughs> in lots of wondrous ways but and I you know I started really seeing I mean it's always been a big question for me and to be fair like since I was little like I had so many people, like an exponential amount of people tell me like, Michaela, you're meant to be here for a reason. And I believed my very core of truth that all of us are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always questioned like, what is that reason? You know, that big, daunting, glooming question that often looms over us all. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my... I started to explore that a little bit more. And I know like motherhood is a huge part of why I'm here and a huge aspect of this journey for me. And that's also an entirely other conversation. Mm -hmm. But when Eli was a baby, I really started to like ask myself, like, how can I start to serve humanity in a bigger way? And like, what am I being called to do? Like, what direction is that going? And massage is something that I've done for a long time. I started doing energy work and massage just naturally on my sister Mm. when she she has Lyme's disease. Okay. And throughout her pregnancies, I would massage her regularly. So that was something that was just naturally gifted to Mm -hmm. me. And very healing touch. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a massage by Michaela. It's bliss. Just side note. <laughs> I, yeah. So that one came naturally. And then I knew that I was capable of psychic readings. It was just a matter of bringing in more trust into that equation and confidence to be fair as yeah. well. 
So I started playing with that and I done cards and readings for myself for years, like my entire lifetime, Mm -hmm. to be fair, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is amazing. But it wasn't until about mm, probably eight years ago that I started branching outside of myself and offering that to other people. And it was something that I gained the confidence and trust quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I started tea leaf reading, that really amplified, to be fair. That's where I see like my magic kicked in to another level of uh, psychic ability. And I, like I said at the beginning, tea leaf reading fascinates me. Um, And also, yeah, I'm like, I... I mean, there are moments where we've, we've, you've been like, okay, so see in the cup yeah. <laughs> you're looking at a leaf and I'm like, oh, I see it now. But so it is, you know, a skill that you, you can hone like anything that you practice, mm-hmm. but what, what drew you first of all to tea leaf reading? Like, how did that all arise for you? Yeah. Again, like I've been interested in it since I was like five, okay. but my grandmother did tea leaf reading Okay, and I found it fascinating and she's long been passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that it was something that I was drawn to, but it took my, a lot more, I guess, like, uh, it takes another level of trust than tarot for me okay. because tarot has a level of logic involved, I guess, right? where you can know the cards and this is what this means. Yeah. But tea leaf reading is 1000% trust and like 0% logic. <laughs> there's, there's no, um, yeah. I mean, tar- right. Like tarot for instance is there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot behind that, but mm-hmm. nothing, nothing like tea leaf reading. Yeah. And tea leaf reading is something, I guess it can be seen like you can, if you read a tea leaf reading book, like they're a dog reads this and okay. so-and-so, Yeah, but that never resonated with me okay. for it. So it was 100% more so, I guess you would consider it scrying. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. And I look into the cup 1 billion percent, get out of my own way and just let the information come through. Which is amazing. And again, I, um, yeah, if, if you have a chance and when we're done, I will put the links to Michaela in the description, um, because I highly recommend, cause she, you can do it online too. Can't you? Yeah. 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 So, um, cause I was thinking to myself I'm in my Rolodex of my brain going, I'm pretty sure that I've seen that you do it on, um, via like, yeah, I do it via video chat, video chats. Right. Phone. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the word. Sometimes I'm like, what is the word? Um, and yeah, I, I suggest that yeah, everybody gets a chance to do it. If you're in a place, I mean, out of curiosity too, it's a great thing to do, but, um, you know, if there are things that you have going on that feel like you don't have the perspective or that you're, you know, feeling like you're too close to a situation to, to see clearly, um, Michaela really does have an, an extraordinary gift and, um, yeah, the tea leaf reading is, uh, it's, it is fascinating, but it is also, I, I have felt like of all the things that I've done over the years, it's been one of the most accurate things, um, to, to experience. Um, so, and you've been doing tea leaf reading now for how long? Seven years. Well, 
Okay. Which I mean, in, in it's a few years, it's not, it's not that long when you think of <clears throat> other people that are like, Oh, I've been doing it for 40, but <laughs> yeah, but you're not, I have, you're not 40 yet. It, so, yeah. so that, you know, you but can't, you yeah, years. you can't, you can't, you can't be at 40 if you're not 40 yet. Um, so, and what, like, do you have a favorite tea that you like to, to use? Like, is there a, a particular leaf that no, draws you in? I use all teas and yeah. I try, I get the yummiest teas I can get my hands on mm -hmm. and all organic, of course, but yeah, I can use any teas. Like technically you can even use coffee to do. Really? Readings. Yeah. Okay. That's new for me. That's, I haven't heard of that before. Yeah. I I've been, Yeah. You would do it like uh, Turkish coffee. Oh, so Turkish. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at the bottom of my coffee cup right now, which I, I just finished saying to somebody, I haven't had coffee in two days and I haven't had the headache from the withdrawal. And Michaela came over today and I was like, I have to eat crow because my head has now officially been put in a vice and I'm going to cave and have a, have a cup oh. of coffee. But as she said it, I was looking at the bottom of my cup and I'm like, there's nothing down there. <laughs> I've never had a Turkish coffee. So that'll have to be something I experienced too. Yeah, they're okay. So you can do it with coffee. You can do it with tea. Do you like to use, is your preference like something that has like a leaf, like a rose or like not, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like the tea leaf bags can be, it has to be loose leaf, loose tea. leaf tea. Okay. And then apart from that, I, I use all teas, like black tea, green tea, Breakfast tea is often a go-to because people will come to me in the evenings. Okay. So I lean towards no caffeine. <laughs> no caffeine. And I mean, the thinner, uh, the smaller uh, leaf makes it a little bit easier. But okay, if you have big leaves, it can be a little clumpy. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's more so channeling and like just, again, like letting the information come through. So. Yeah being that, that, uh, clear vessel. vessel. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you do them online, you do them in person. Um, and what do you find that people typically, like, is there a kind of a more common reason that people come? Like, is there kind of like a hierarchy of questions that people are asking for clarity on? Is it like, is it like love money relationship? Kind of, yeah, that's a thing. That's kind sure. of stuff. And then it just depends what kind of person comes to me some people come with bigger life questions and uh like more grand scheme mm -hmm. and other people come with very uh like detailed questions <laughs> so maybe a way to say it right and neither one is wrong I always say like just ask whatever you feel is necessary and when I start a reading I will often channel before I begin answering questions. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, whenever someone sees me, it's always just what they're meant to hear in that moment. Right. Um, as I was talking, so one of the last episodes that I posted was with our dear, um, our dear soul sister, Tamara, who's amazing. Who is amazing. And we were, well. <laughs> she is, she's incredible as well. Um, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by all of these. So lucky to have you. <laughs> He's great. He's great women. Um, and I've got great men in my life too. Uh, but that I always think of, I always go back to our lovely, beautiful, dear friend, Lori, who has since moved on. Uh, however, I think about that, that capacity to receive information at the speed of willingness. Lori always said at the speed yeah. of willingness and 
you know, when, when coming to have a reading done, um, you know, being able to receive the information is an interesting thing, I think, as a facilitator or as somebody who's delivering um, the message to witness people in the way that the, like how they receive the information that is coming in. Yeah. Um, and it, that can be sometimes uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be. I agree. And I mean, again, like I see that I will never say anything that you're not meant to hear. And yeah. my readings have been a no, to be a little bit blunt, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but often, like, I have had very few people leave feeling, like, not feeling enriched or broken open in, like, the best way possible. Right. Yeah, it's, um. I mean, and when we're seeking, when we're seeking the answers to questions or clarity, I mean, we don't always get the answer as what we're expecting, but yeah. insight um, and direction often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for you, what is the process that you go through? Like when you talk about channeling, so for somebody like myself, um, you know, I kind of have my own way of describing it, but what mm-hmm. does that feel like for you? Like, what is your process of kind of getting out of the way so that you can Chan- um, like channel because yeah. maybe there are maybe a few people listening that maybe they're like what is channeling I'm not sure that that's my audience but let's talk about it anyway yeah. <laughs> let's yeah so when I start a reading I just always set an intention for um to drop into a space where I can speak to that person's highest good mm-hmm. and connecting to their spirit and higher self Um, so then I just, I literally don't know how to explain it other than I get out of the way Mm -hmm. and a whole ton of trust comes into the equation and I just allow that to move through. So I will see visuals or get feelings or just literally speak. And often at the end of the reading, in many cases, I will have what I've just said, Mm -hmm. because if, I mean, if I if I was grabbing onto everything that I was saying, I think I would not be able to do readings to the capacity that I do, but it would be very draining. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's, yeah, that's a good sign that you've been fully present with whatever is coming to you. True. Yeah. And the message is coming in in various ways, which I think for a lot of people who are intuitive, you know, when we talk about the Claire's, right, the clairsentience, clairvoyance, clairaudience, there's there's a number of them. Um, when we talk about the senses, the clear senses, I think for a lot of people who are intuitive, it comes in, in a variety of different ways. Yeah. And maybe some that are a little bit more prevalent for sure. Um, but what would you say to people who are wanting to hone their own intuition? Like what, what is a, like a best practice? Cause I know I will get to it. Cause you do teach tea yeah. leaf reading. <laughs> Right. You've had, you've had workshops, um, in the past and I know you've got some stuff coming up, but, um, when you're, when you're teaching others and you have such a beautiful way of sharing the information with people, what is the one thing that you kind of like your go-to when people are like, uh, you know, how do I learn how to hold my intuition? How do I learn to trust myself? I usually start with 
uh, with really, again, like making sure you're grounded in your body, because in my opinion, and from my experience, you can't really ground information without being so. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the first and forefront. And then again, like a lot of trust, really picking a tool, if that's, that's usually the easiest starting point, Mm -hmm. rather than like, whether it be writing, tarot, oracle cards, ruins, like anything, (laughs) you name it. Mm -hmm. And then really fine tuning, like practice, practice, practice. Like throwing the questions out to the universe and yeah, and seeing and, how it shows up. Yeah, like you can also uh, the course I teach is really for that purpose, um, to help somebody connect to their sacredest way of being and to really allow that intuition to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use it with even synchronicities that happen in your life and paying attention, you know, starting that conversation with the universe, opening that awareness and then allowing those answers to be answered. Right. Or those questions to be answered. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm listening and I'm going out. Um, And synchronicities are a big thing. When I do want to hop back for a second, what is your favorite way to ground? What is your favorite practice for that? Um, I have practiced since for like ages. It's such a silly little thing. It's not silly. Where... It works. <laughs> Sometimes simple is yeah, simple, simple is great. Yeah. Um, I just remind myself to feel my feet. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh that usually gets me back in my body. Obviously, like meditating is a beautiful thing. Breath work is an extraordinary thing. Like all of these practices are have been integrated throughout the course of my life. Um but yeah, feeling my feet and getting outside in nature is a huge one for me. That's of necessity. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you can relate to that I can. too. I'm always like happiest when I'm in the forest. Yeah. Getting barefoot and also making sure my energy is clear. Like Claire, that's another part of that connection. Connecting to your intuition is really making sure you feel clear and present. So whether using water to help clear your energy or sage or incense whatever feels right for you but so and when you use water is it a preference for like like a shower or bath or so water just, actually drinking like how intention before okay. I get in the shower for the water to clear everything that's not serving me nice and it works yeah magically yeah water is water is lovely and you know I think that people do that without even realizing that they're doing it you know when when you're standing in the shower after a long hard day or whatever it is or if you shower at night some people are morning showers but like that whole getting in the shower and you just like (sighs) you let go yeah and you feel like you let your body soften and I think there's so many more people that probably practice that without realizing that they're practicing I totally agree with that right because it's one of those places where we go to 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 obviously clean and revive and revive and relax like a long few days you know like my husband's been working out of town um you know they don't always get like the best of showers you know in a couple of days and he'll come home and it's like one of the first things he wants to do is he's like I just need to clean like I just need a shower mm-hmm. I need to clean I need to relax I need to come become present where I am mm-hmm. and so um yeah I think that's actually really a beautiful reminder that we we sometimes are already in these practices yeah without 100%. realizing where because even with breath work 
you know, when you hear people, do you ever find yourself doing well, that? I do that so often. Um, it's like, what, what's wrong with him? <laughs> you like, it's reading. <laughs> I just need a breath. But I think we do that naturally. Like there's a lot of these practices that we talk about in sort of the, the we'll call it the well, alternative wellness world, mm-hmm. right? Where um, we, we specify breath work practice or grounding practice or whatever that looks like meditation practice. But these are things that we naturally are inclined to do yeah. without realizing it before I was a meditator. Mm-hmm. I was a long distance runner for many, 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 many years. My joints, <laughs> my joints at this day and age are a little bit, a little bit like unhappy with that. But, um, but I look back and I'm like, oh, running was my meditation. That was the one place that I could go to where I could get out of my head. Yeah. Um, and it was a very physical practice, but it was also a, not a mental practice. Mm-hmm. Right. And so naturally finding these things that we do. And I, I remember once upon a time I was asked to define meditation and I was like, anything that takes you out of time, place and space. That's like, beautiful. Gets you out of your head, gets you like when you get lost, mm-hmm. anything that you're doing, like whether it's artwork or whatever, getting you lost. So my long-winded point here, friends, is that I, I feel like we're already a lot of us into these practices that we don't realize are practices. So yeah, it's I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's, um, whoops, as I bang things around. Um, and then, sorry, we were moving on to talking about, so we've, we've gotten the shower, we've gotten cleansed. And you're teaching people to trust themselves. And so what are some of your favorite ways to, like, if you're teaching a class, what are some of your favorite ways to get them to practice that trust? I mean, I think it is so different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And also so simple. (laughs) I agree with like what, as to like pertaining to what you were saying before, the universe is so extremely perfect Mm -hmm. and we often overcomplicate it. Yeah. So taking out of those complications and for some people they're going through a lot of, or they've been through a lot of trauma. So like asking the big questions first Mm -hmm. and asking like, why don't I feel the capacity to trust myself? What is preventing me from that? And then working from that point. Right. Um, I often give my clients a lot of journaling prompts (laughs) to like really get into the depths of their souls Mm. to be fair Mm -hmm. and really start asking the big questions and the grand scheme questions rather than getting fixated on the little details not that those aren't important too but yeah and then we were talking about synchronicity right as one of those ways to when we ask the questions to find insight and so I mean, in synchronicity, like how would you describe that? And, and how does that play into your daily life? I mean, I love synchronicity. <laughs> like, yeah. Happy moment. Happy moment. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that that's how I listen best with the universe. That mm-hmm. is my conversation with the universe. 100%. And I've learned a lot of symbolism over the years and what different things mean to me. And often that speaks through animal totems very much so. Mm -hmm. And even like people crossing my path and all of that goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) There is so much synchronicity in the universe. And when you have a synchronistic moment, it really resonates to like your very core. 
and it touches your heart in this beautiful way that you feel that truth. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And the animal totems are, are interesting, right? When you're, when you're asking questions and yeah. you know, the coyote running across the road, 100%. isn't just a coyote running across the road, right? Yeah. When you look into the, the symbolism, as we say, of, of what that animal totem is, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily have to mean exactly what it is for you, because we have these, and I think this is where we can get sidetracked a little bit when it's like, okay, I bought the book yeah, <laughs> and the book says exactly this. I think one of the, the most interesting things about animal totems is for us to trust what we feel about a certain animal um, and its and its patterns of behavior um, and the way that it moves in the world can tell us a lot about what it is that we're seeking insight to a hundred percent. So a book and, you know, not to say that books aren't great. I love books um, and they can give us insight. However, I, again, it goes back to that resonance. Does that feel like that is true for me or is that a way for it to be like, Oh, that opens up my perspective a little bit. I didn't know that this also because we're not experts in all animals, right? A hundred percent. So it, it can be a benefit, but I always feel like, you know, the coyote in the road is okay. What does that mean for me? And, and looking into towards self. And if mm-hmm. that feels stuck, you know, it's always good to peek, but yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I like, I'm always paying attention to birds specifically as well, that cross my path and mm-hmm. seeing like even their characteristics in that moment. Mm-hmm. is also a good thing to pay attention to but as yeah. the, as the animal of the cat is yeah. in the bedroom right now saying let me out um so <laughs> what so is there do you find as you're doing readings like in certain periods of time when you're you've got people coming in do they talk about specific totems that are coming up or specific themes that feel like they're individual for them, but they're more collective. Like, Thanks oh gosh, there's sure. lots of, there's lots of eagles around lately, or there's, oh my God. Well, I mean, right now it's springtime too. So we're going to be seeing things like, um, well, what are those little there? I, I want to call them um, uh, gophers, but we call them marmots. marmots thank you. <laughs> <laughs> around here, they're called marmots. Um, but like, that's, you know, more of a springtime thing. And, and obviously they're going to be, um, more prevalent in spring than in summer than wintertime. But is that something that you kind of see patterns with? I not as much animal totems, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) definitely themes of people's lives. I will often do, like I do psychic fairs and, uh, all sorts of events and all things, but, um, Often on those days, I will find there will be a theme of people coming to me for really similar reasons. Interesting. Which is, it is so fascinating. I, <laughs> to yeah, be honest. I bet. And do you see a reflection of stuff going on in your own life when that's happening? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can see threads that connect in certain ways. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's probably fairly normal as well with work of this nature because- yeah you know, when you're doing intuitive work, it's not just the individual, but it's how the collective is also experiencing a lot of the energies that are present. Prevalent. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So, um, and it, like, what's been some of the, like your favorite stuff that's come, come up for, or maybe what's your favorite, what's your favorite reaction? Like when people, um, the things that encourage you the most when you're doing these, these readings. Oh man. 
That's a beautiful question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, something, you know, something keeps us going. So there's, yeah. there's, and it's not, and this isn't a question about like, this is more of like what, what keeps, I mean, you would be doing it anyway, but what is it that really, um, like is no, highlights it, for it you? Is, when it you're is done? an important question because I mean, obviously my line of work and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like so left field. Yeah. For the average person. Um, so it is important to like have something that like keeps encouraging to keep going. It's great. <laughs> um, I've recently had a number of clients come back to me and like really speak to how I've changed their lives. Mm, and that is I cannot tell you how beautiful that is mm -hmm. to like hear and feel and witness. And also like, of course, like clients coming back and being like, oh my God, everything you said really fell into place. That's always a beautiful thing as well. Mm -hmm. Because again, like everything I say is 1000% trust and I don't really see myself doing it. I see it coming through me. Right. Yeah. And that affirmation does help us to stay connected. Yeah. Right. And it builds that trust that we have for ourselves exactly. as well when we're, we're, we're in those, well, anything, any, anytime we get feedback, that's like, oh, I really enjoyed that or, oh, that yeah. worked. Or, you know, I think that that's probably fairly common for most lines of work, but when you are in sort of the, the field of intuition, because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people out there who are like, no, it's just airy fairy, like, you know, sure. sparkle farts and all the things. Yeah. And there's a lot of sparkle farting that does happen in the world. <laughs> to say as well in the world of um you know intuitive work there are there are a lot of um as I remember one lovely teacher slash mentor years ago she said there are a lot of charlatans out there mm -hmm. um and and so those those affirmations because we can't get in those places of like can I can't believe that this this is coming out or that you know yeah, it, we can be, we can get lost in, at times in those places of being uncertain or maybe insecure is, yeah. is a better way. So that feedback feels, um, and it usually it comes is. in in really good timing where <laughs> you're going sure. back to that synchronicity where it's like, oh, you know, and then somebody comes in and slides into a message or slides into your path and is like, hey, by the way, this was so great yeah. and helped me out a lot. And so going back to a little bit about motherhood too, how do you find your, because I know your mom is very, obviously very intuitive. She's a magical, lovely lady and she's encouraged it in you guys. And so how does that translate into the way that you are mothering this beautiful little being? Um, he's I not that little actually, not anymore, yeah, he's growing but... up way too fast. <laughs> as they do, but how does that translate into, um, you know, encouraging our, your son to trust himself? Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it translates in lots of little ways. Mm -hmm. I definitely parent in a not typical <laughs> Western way. Mm -hmm. I listen to him to an utmost degree mm -hmm. and I have tried to integrate a lot of consciousness into my parenting mm -hmm. and being present and not pretending like I know all, you know, yeah. really allowing my faults to be recognized, which 
there are those. <laughs> yeah, as we all have, right? We're yeah. here to be, we're here to experience, you know, being human. Exactly. Yeah. And like really allowing that humanness to be a gift mm-hmm. and an important part. Um, which I have something to speak about that after. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I really encourage him to explore his intuition and uh for his journey, like dream land is a big part. Mm-hmm. So we've started a dream journal for him and talk a lot about of what he feels and his experiences. And again, like it's something that I don't push, but mm-hmm. I have allowance for. Right. It's the best way to say it. Because kids are so intuitive, right? I yeah, I think that he is that tuned in for it's, sure. <laughs> and it's one of those things I think it's really important as parents where when kids say I don't feel I don't I don't feel good about this or there's an awkwardness or they say, Oh, I don't like, you know, can often be a person yeah. right? where people are introduced and they're like, I don't, I don't like this person. And it's like, Oh, okay. And often, you know, especially, I mean, in our generation, my generation, I'm a little older than you and by a little, I mean like a few years, a few, many years. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so are you getting an insight into like a conversation between two girlfriends? Um, the, but there was an aspect of like, hug your auntie. Yeah. <laughs> right? When I was little too. Yeah. Like, like if it feels awkward, mm-hmm. you know, we often shut that down in kids yeah. and you know, it's, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to say, Oh, okay. They're feeling like this right now. And if they, if that's an intuitive thing, mm-hmm. it's an intuitive thing. If yeah. it's, if we're pushing them into a field of discomfort, um, and they continue to say, this makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an important thing to be able to pay attention to and honor that. No, actually this feels really uncomfortable for them and that's okay. Right. So, uh, you know, parenting can, you know, there's a balance in that, but I think it's really beautiful if we give our kids a chance to really feel into that space of awareness for them, where it's like, no, my body says, no, yeah, I know it doesn't feel right or whatever that like, however they language that to us is a big deal Mm -hmm. and building that self-trust, which I, I feel like has been missing for a lot of, a lot of us, Yeah, you know, and not because our parents were doing something bad. Well, they were just doing what they knew in that moment. Yeah. They do what they know. And, um, and I, I do think these little voices have so much to offer us in their insight. And I even know for my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll have people in the house and they'll be like, nope. And then I always giggle to myself later because they were, like, they, so- they so nailed it. And I met them for like, like five seconds or 50, you know, like a minute. Yeah. And they were like their whole body. They'll say to me later, no, no mom, like, no, you shouldn't have that person around. Mm-hmm. And every single time they are right on the money. Yeah. And I late. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So encouraging them or coming back to them and saying, Hey, by the way, sorry, I didn't listen to you and your, you know, your wisdom, because we can, we can sort of, um, program that out of, of them. Right. That's happened for lots of us where, where we have, I mean, I, I, my first experience with spirit creator, God, whatever you want to refer to, you know, um, whatever is bigger than us was when I was three Mm -hmm. and somehow I knew that I wasn't really supposed to be talking about it. Yeah. Um, because you know, there was, there was lots that I was seeing and hearing and feeling. Um, and not to say that it's because my parents were bad people. I have amazing parents. It just, 
somehow I knew it wouldn't be sort of like the norm or the accepted. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so when we allow our kids to express the stuff that's going on, even if we don't quote unquote, get it, Mm -hmm. I think it's still really important to be able to give them that space to hone that so that we have more people coming into the world that are trusting what they're feeling inside. Yeah, exactly. um, You know, and as parents gently guiding them as, you know, kids go through phases. Yeah, (laughs) Today, they're a robot and tomorrow (laughs) they're a lioness and (laughs) the next day they're a giraffe and the next day they're a superhero, right? Like, you know, obviously allowing them that expression and all of those things Mm -hmm. with all, you know, yeah, just letting them, letting them express and, move through those chapters while listening, you know, encouraging yeah. that listening. Anyway, rambling on. The like important space of like feeling seen and heard. And mm-hmm. it's like that core, that core issue, you know, that's in nine of people today. Mm-hmm. It is. But when you create that space for like this beautiful little child and seeing that like they are actually so freaking aware of what's going on and <sighs> their bodies and all of it and giving space for that to be seen and heard and respected mm-hmm. yeah and obviously there is a balance to that but... of course oh yeah of course yeah um but that's where we come in with like that parental sort of guidance yeah it's not doesn't have to be forceful but um I think that that's really beautiful and I'm you know my kids are older um but it is really beautiful to watch parents that have um kids that are younger than me that are really honoring that process for their kids and being fully present. And I know I've watched you with Eli over the years and you are so beautifully present with him. And, um, and he's such, he's such a great kid. And I just see, you know, these little, these young individuals who are so connected and so in tune, there goes a Harley, um, the, is so in tune and connected. And I just think that that speaks volumes to, um, Cause a lot of the kids right now are like super sensitive to a lot of the stuff that's happening Yeah, and, and to not make them feel crazy for being sensitive exactly. or aware yeah. is a big deal. Um, God, I didn't think we'd talk about parenting today, but it's kind of led that way. Um, and you wanted to, you wanted to share something. You said we'd get back to it. So you had a thought, do you still remember? <laughs> this is what happens. This is my brain. Hmm. Let's be real. Um, so you, we were talking about tea leaf reading, talking about teaching people, um, you know, about tea leaf reading and coming back to themselves and their intuition. Yeah. Um, something about the way that you share. Oh, this is what happens when we're talking and now we're, Man, we're can't... recording this and it's, it's going to be was, hilarious. There was definitely, it was something about, I was talking about Eli, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe it's just not, it'll come back to me. It'll come back. Or it won't. <laughs> That's both okay. It's all good. Um, so when you're doing tea leaf reading, like when you're doing your workshops, mm-hmm. how long typically do you, is it like a weekend? Is it a mentorship? Is it, so or you have probably have I a variety of a variety things. Of mm-hmm. things. I've done tea leaf reading workshops that are, I think it was three hours. Um, and then my, uh, immersive program that's more so a course is once a week over the course of five weeks and that is again like very most immersive mm-hmm. so like each week we meet for two hours 
and it's quite packed full. Oh, wow. <laughs> but then I've also done uh, workshops that are longer and those are usually partnered up with someone else that's magical. And often it's Tamara. <laughs> Tamara, shout out to Tamara. Yeah. Grounding, um, grounding in the stars was the episode I did with her. Um, and so combining astrology, obviously, if anybody wants to go back and listen to Tamara's beautiful wisdom, yeah, uh, astrology and tea leaf reading. So share yeah, a little bit magical about, together. I bet. So yeah, tell me a little bit. It's often like the case where uh, what I receive through guidance is on point with what Tamara receives with astrology. Amazing. Which is extraordinary. Um, that sounds very cool. And how long do you guys usually lead those kinds of workshops? The one we did together was, oh gosh, I think it was also something, it was just one afternoon. I can't remember the exact duration, but we are trying <laughs> to put a few more things in the works. So That'll be beautiful. Well, I know we've got one coming up in yeah. October. Um, so I'll be, I'll be there with the bowls. Um, and Tamara will do astrology and Michaela will do tea leaf reading. And we're still kind of building all it's of that. All It'll... the magic together. <laughs> It'll really be... like you can't ask for a better setup, really. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, but I do, I do love, this is the other thing that I think is really interesting about all of these different practices too, is that, so with astrology, the information is coming in obviously through these celestial beings in the sky or these celestial bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's so much that goes into that. I always say to people, I know enough about astrology to be dangerous. So I will direct direct you in this, in this way. Um, obviously people don't come to me for tea leaf readings because I'm like, I'm looking at a bunch of soggy herbs so I, I like, but I do know somebody who could you know give you a very good instruction on this and um but there's what my point being is that there's all of these different ways where we learn these systems yeah and they often are so like intertwined. In su- yeah intertwined mm-hmm. and correlate in such a beautiful way um and I also fully believe that all of these systems, if they're being practiced in uh, like really an ethical way, mm-hmm. is that they're leading us all back to our soul, I, back, back to ourselves, yeah, right? And I completely agree with that. Um, but it is also one of those ways too, where we can find the synchronicity. Yeah. And I mean, don't let Elisa fool you. She's insanely intuitive. No. <laughs> and so on point. Um, thank you. But it's about, it's about, it's about tea leaf reading today and all of the goodness that comes from that and the intuition. And um, I know we've kind of like shared a, a bit of a spectrum of things. Um, but talk to me a little bit about this mentorship thing that you want to do, because I think right now, I, I feel sometimes like it's like I'm a broken record, but we're living in interesting times and it has been a really challenging three, four. I mean, it feels like we're approaching, we are approaching four years of stuff, Mm -hmm. but we've been in this three and a half year period almost of really unsettled, what feel can feel like chaos Mm -hmm. and people are seeking a way to remember yeah. what they're here for. A hundred percent. What this is all about, what the heck is going on. And 
Um, so talk to me about this mentorship program, because I know what a beautiful soul you are. And I know that you are always leading people back to remember who they are. So when they're in a mentorship with you, mm-hmm. um, what are the th- some of the things that you want to take them through to remind them to trust themselves? Is that an okay yeah, way to say it? A hundred percent. Okay. I would, I would uh, describe it in a very similar way. Okay. Um, it is like creating, I try my best to create the space for these people to feel seen and heard and create a space where they do get to remember because I see 1000% in every single person that everything they need is inside of them, mm-hmm. you know, and they have all of these tools uh, available to them at their like next breath. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of getting out of the way and creating the space for them to like, I'll often start the program with a very in-depth reading mm-hmm. of what they might not be able to see by themselves. And then working from that point through, mm-hmm. it is very curated to each individual, um, each mm-hmm. time. So that gives space to work on whatever tool they're wanting to kind of dive into, whether it be energetic healing or some type of intuitive work, or even just like getting closer to themselves. That's amazing. It's pretty magical. It took me a while to like fine tune it. Right. To say the least. And I'm always finding new ways to even bring in more aspects into it, Mm -hmm. which is, the goal moving forward is to integrate more practitioners, which I think could be amazing as well. Yeah. But um, I know all of these beautiful people, including you, no. <laughs> that are just also can be such sacred tools and, you know, really growing that uh, like spiritual tool belt for a lack of better words. <laughs> yeah. And creating the space for somebody to be empowered on their path moving forward and to allow themselves to move forward with so much more empowerment Mm -hmm. and integrity and knowing that they are one with the conversation of the universe and the universe is always has your back. If you can allow that support to come in and allowing yourself to really feel supported. Mm -hmm. And for lots of people like that's the first time in their life that they get to experience that mm-hmm. well and and the like we've we've kind of forgotten right that's yeah. that's what a lot of us are experiencing right now is this we've forgotten how to trust ourselves exactly we've, we've allowed ourselves to outsource and sometimes it does take us being with a teacher or a mentor or however you want to want to word that to be like okay you know I got you Mm -hmm. and I will be here while you remember who you are and what feels good. And there are, there are paths. There are a variety of paths. Like we were talking tarot or astrology or tea leaf reading, like whatever it might be. And there are certain things that are going to resonate. So I love that you're bringing in different aspects of it because there are going to be some things that feel more at home yeah. for certain people than, than others. And if it is tea leaf reading, then I mean, amazing. And if it is astrology, it's 
amazing. And yeah. there's still a way to, um, to learn how to trust ourselves in all of those, um, in all of those practices. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and then we, as we call, like individually begin to feel more centered, more grounded, more connected, that has such a reflection on the outside world. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and we feel those synchronicities coming back at us um, that we're on the right track, so to speak. It's so true. Right. And I think like that plays to also like a fact that we so often underestimate the value of holding space on this planet and mm-hmm. how much that is truly has the capacity to change the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that you know, I, I go back to, um, when we talk about the heart brain coherence stuff, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, there is somebody really brilliant, um, at the heart math Institute. I'm not a numbers person. Um, I love the people who love the numbers cause I'm not that person. <laughs> I don't get it. It is amazing. I love the people that do the mathing and all of the things. Um, <laughs> I, I listening, you know, when people are like, Oh, the sports, I'm like, Oh, the math, <laughs> um, my body kind of just starts to twitch a little bit, but there was somebody brilliant at the heart math Institute who did the, the calculations. <laughs> and I was blown away when I first heard the statistic. Cause I was like, what? No way. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. But for every one person mm-hmm. that, that comes into heart brain coherence, it has the ability to influence 20, I believe it's 22,000, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be conservative a little bit. I'll go 20, but I, and the exact number is monstrous. Mm-hmm. One person in heart brain coherence has the ability to influence 22,000 people. Yeah. And if we can get into these practices, coming in and being able to share time with somebody who is teaching us and holding space for us and, you know, bringing us into that space of feeling held, feeling as though somebody is present with us as we're moving through our things. And we can come into that heart brain coherence. Mm -hmm. We were moving into a space where we're aligned and present there is no way it can't if somebody's done those numbers <laughs> yeah it's there's, actually extraordinary yeah, yeah there's no way that it can't then I mean you think about the town that we live in the city mm-hmm. that we live in if there's 10 of us exactly if there's How 10 of us in this city that? it has the capacity to influence the entire city right mm-hmm. like so we can't underestimate the importance of coming into those places and spaces and being with people who um, are practiced at being there Mm -hmm. and being in that space. Because when we're in the presence of someone who is so beautifully presenced as yourself, it can't help but just automatically influence the way that we are showing up and the, the the way we are feeling and being in the world. And so... Um, that quote, (laughs) that, that quote, what is the quote to be the change that you wish to see in the world? I think it was Gandhi that said that, um, who obviously was not without his, uh, scandal, (laughs) 
but you know, he did have some good words of humanness. wisdom. Yeah. yeah. The humanness. When I think that's oh, what we were talking about. Humanness. There we go. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> And do, yeah. Yeah. She remembers. Yay. So a big, a big part, you know, of stepping into your intuitive self as well, like is accepting your humanness. Mm. And we so often that's bypassed in the spiritual. We're air quoting. Yeah, air quoting <laughs> community. Yeah. Um, it's like, let's be in the light. Let's embrace the light. No darkness. Like trying to bypass this beautiful humanness that in my, uh, in in my reality, we've all signed up for. Mm -hmm. So once you can embrace that embodiment, it's amazing how much more of a capacity you have to show up. It's very true. The bypass, the sparkle farts. Exactly. (laughs) We have a few, we have a few goofy words in this house for those sparkle ponies, star fruits, sparkle farts. Like there's, there's a few, uh, yeah that's ideal it's um we we get creative with language around here um but it is it is very true like we we tend to and I I feel like when we're in those those places when we're seeking perspective yeah those are the places where we're feeling the darkness where we're not feeling like there's any light being shed Mm -hmm. upon our situation our circumstances exactly our experiences and and it's so important to, to acknowledge that we get to these dark places Mm -hmm. and, um, and then obviously being able to be present with that as, as we are, Mm -hmm. because, um, yeah, there is, there's a lot of beauty. I mean, it's the whole process of of the Lotus, right? It grows from the muck and the mire and the mud in, in, you know, in the swamp or wherever it might be, but um, and then it b- blossoms into this beautiful, this beautiful flower, right? We cannot yeah. be nourished without knowing the shit. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I can say for a fact that I wouldn't be able to do what I do with the amount of awareness that I have without have gone going through the extent of which I have mm-hmm. had to go through in my lifetime. And I like, don't say that with ignorance <laughs> yeah and you know there's there's just beauty in every single shit store mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse my language yeah no <laughs> well you and, and you have to think like all of the stuff that's going on in the world right now right yeah. like we are a reflection of that like there's a lot of it happening for us internally as as individuals we're seeing it played out in a collective way and we're also looking to find some order and within the chaos, right. Um, whether it's, you know, we got to get to the eye of the storm where there is calm Mm -hmm. and allow it to travel around and be grounded and centered and know that we can experience clarity and, and, you know, maybe a a deeper sense of ease. Mm -hmm. Um, and then sometimes we do get caught up in, in what's swirling around us and that's okay too. We, you know, we're, we're cycling through all of these things just as nature cycles, right? Yeah, exactly. And allowing that to be 100% okay. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I do feel like it is when we're in those places to have these tools or others that we can go to that have these tools, um, where we can be with them, Mm -hmm. feel the presence of their support without their, I'll call it interference. Yeah. Right. And I always say that, like, it's not right. Like you have to agree with me. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm like a valley girl, like, right? Um, <laughs> back in the old days, like, right? Um, I'll work on that. But the, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> but the presence, the presence of, of someone without the interference of that person. Yeah. That makes sense. The and, lack of judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is sort of my shout out to Michaela. You won't find too many practitioners, um, at least that I've come across and I've, I've been in this town for a really long time <laughs> and I've, uh, experienced a lot of different, um, practitioners in the Okanagan and you hold beautiful presence for people. And I feel like that's an, a testament to the stuff that you have gone through in your life while also maintaining a level of levity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not, not acknowledging the dark and the heart and the icky and sticky and all of that stuff, but that there's also this profound awareness that, yep, it's gross and it's uncomfortable. And it, you know, this too shall pass. And mm-hmm. while it is passing and it, while it feels really gross, I'll be present here with you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I did it again. I, I did that. it again. <laughs> Ah, I'm agreeing with me because I just love Michaela so much. Yeah. No, here's me being human. Um, so yeah, I think, um, it would be awesome to share your links about, I'm going to ask the mentorship is sort of an ongoing enrollment type thing. I have always available. Okay. I think at this point in time, I will likely be taking one person on at a time. Okay. Um, so that's an important thing. Like one every five weeks kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. Rather than multiple people at a time, because I do readings regularly on top of that. So, right. And I have my beautiful little son who I homeschool three days a week. So life is busy. Yeah. Life is, life is full. And all of the goodness. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to share as we're sitting here? And I can't think of anything other than like how grateful I am for you and your grace and presence. And I mean, Elisa is just pure fucking magic. <laughs> so I'm sitting it's here. Just the straight up truth. Uh, well, I I feel very lucky that we have just such a beautiful um gathering. I was gonna say it's like a, kind of like a coven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have this beautiful circle of women and men in mm-hmm. our world that are um just really genuine souls who want the best for everyone. And, uh, I couldn't be more grateful for everybody, including Likewise, you. Yeah. And so I will sign off for us now. And I will include in the description once this is, um, posted the links to be able to connect with Michaela. So whether that is an intuitive massage, you won't regret it. It's she's got magic hands. Um, <laughs> and, um, or an intuitive, uh, session of any kind really, but the tea leaf reading and then the mentorship program, as well as any workshops, um, and collaborations that she's got coming up, um, the links will be there. Um, and whether it's just the one link to send everybody in your direction, or whether there's a couple of different places to find that, those details, not that detailed, those details, um, yeah, they'll be listed below. And I, uh, yeah, I highly recommend time with Michaela because she is uh, glorious. 
And so for now, I just want to say thank you to everybody for um, kind of taking a peek into uh, tea with <laughs> tea with us as we said. This is the uh, first time I've had anybody physically in the space, and it was a lot of fun to be able to like fun. have somebody in in my we're in my living room. Um, <laughs> it was amazing, by the way. Um, and uh, and so thank you for lending us your ears and your time and your hearts. And we will definitely be back soon with another episode of the Wide Range Podcast. And so for now, I am wishing everybody the most beautiful that the day has to offer. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Wide Range Podcast. I am always so grateful for the time that you share with me, for lending me your ears and your hearts. And I hope that you've enjoyed listening. Any of the links that have been mentioned within the episode will be written in the description below. And if you are loving the content of this podcast, then you're welcome to buy me a coffee. The link in the description below is available as well as the option of subscribing to the podcast itself, where you will be given access to subscription only content. You can also join me over on my YouTube channel, which is called the medicine of stillness, and you'll find practices of breathwork, yoga nidra, alchemy sound, as well as the odd ASMR. There's also my Patreon. And this is a special account that is focused on heterosexual men who have experienced or are experiencing male performance anxiety. And this is where I use my practice as a clinical hypnotherapist to take men on a guided, very relaxing visual journey to reestablish connection with themselves and lovingly with their intimate partners. And so I hope that you will join me on one, if not all of these platforms. And until then, I am wishing you the very best that this day has to offer. <laughs>